Hold on, I'm going to rip this little thing here and use that as the marker. Torn paper. You hear that? Oh, what a terrible sound. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Brotherhood Without Manners, a full-spoiler reread podcast of George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire book series. I'm Nate. Joining me, as always, the one, the only... What up? That's not your name, though. It's your boy, Zach. There he is. Stop it. Well, you stop it. I have to come in like a Kramer. It's like my thing. I'm establishing it. Yeah, you're not establishing anything. I don't think that wow. works. Wow, I'm establishing some pretty fucking intense feelings for you right now. That's acceptable. That makes sense. Intense in the hatred, not intense in, like, our intense and fiery romance. Yeah, I'm done with you. <laughs> so, some new posters came out today. We might, by the time this episode airs, it's going to be a bit of time that's gone by, but new season eight True uh, that. posters. My boy Tyrion looks good in the throne. So, I think the pictures seem like they're, you know hastily thrown together but they're still fun to look at yeah, you weren't really a big fan oh, of that you oh were my God. you were critiquing the photoshop <laughs> of the pr I, team of hbo hey man like, like good on them for whatever it is they do and doing cool stuff but like to me to me the inexperienced non-professional it looked like they just took the same Iron Throne photo and all took their little pictures. It's like the the tourist attraction, like when you go to any location and they've got like the cardboard cut out of something <laughs> and you stand in front of it. That's what the actors did there. They're like, let's get in costume and go stand in front of that premiere cut out of the throne. It just looked like they were all superimposed in I front of the same it, picture because it was a lot of fun what if scenarios. But yeah, they're cool looking. Like so, that's there's that. You're just negative. Hi, I'm, Barrick. Barrick's here. He's scratching at the door. What dog. else is new? He needs to go north. He should go north. He could learn a thing. Oh, he's whining because he wants to go north. Because he wants to go north. He, he's like, I want to. Or go maybe north. there's a White Walker in the house, and he's trying to warn us. Well, we're have... pretty much barricaded in this That's recording true. room, so we should be okay. Or we're fucked because we barricaded ourselves in the only room without an exit. Second floor window wouldn't be fun. You know what else wouldn't be fun? Falling from said second floor window. Which is finally a good segue. Excellent segue. So yeah, this week we're reading Bran Two, or as I dub it, The Fall. The Fall. Uh, so last week we covered who was it? Was it uh, Arya? Arya. Was it Arya One? It was Arya One. So we read Arya One last week, and uh, that was that was fun. That, yeah, was, that cool. was cool. Got a good look um, at uh, Joffrey and. Him elevating his mother's house and to a, a little equal relationship, uh, a little rivalry between Joffrey and him, which is so funny still to think about that. There's a rivalry between those two when, like, yeah, I get Rob's no Tyrion or Tywin or Jamie or you know big, but he bests Jamie like in in battle, like in the in warfare, in warfare, yeah, and so like. Joffrey is cowering in the keep during all of that. And well, I mean, like, jo- Joffrey's a coward. We know this. The, there is no, there is never going to be a moment where Joffrey picks up the sword and rallies the men and goes and leads the charge. That just so. Isn't. Speaking of rallying the men, 
that's how this chapter starts off, is all the men have rallied to go on the hunt. Yeah, the hunt left at dawn. Excuse me while I yawn, because this is not a boring chapter. Because it's, it's early in the morning, and you're just exactly. getting ready to go I'm to the hunt. Exactly, ready to go hunt, yo. Um, yeah, the hunt left at dawn. Um, the king wanted wild boar at the feast tonight. So the you, last feast. The, the, the last, last feast, feast, but like, there you go. That's why they're hunting. That's why a ton of people had to go into the woods this morning, was because the because king the wanted king wild wanted boar. boar. Which, already, like, <laughs> hunting and boar and LOL, King Robert, I mean. Hey, man. Yeah, just, again. It's always the boar that gets him. It, it, and... Apparently it is. Um but yeah, um, it's the last feast tonight. They are going to be heading south while the parties that will be heading south. Is it tomorrow, tomorrow? They say yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, they're leaving. Um, yeah, because this chapter opens basically at the break of dawn when right, the, when the right. hunt leaves. Um, the hunt, it says the hunting party consisted of King Robert and Prince Joffrey, um, which is why Rob was allowed to go as well with Ned. Uncle Benjamin was there as well. Benjamin. Jory. Theon Greyjoy and Sir Roderick, Roderick. Yes. and even the Queen's funny little brother. I wonder what inspired Tyrion to go on a hunt. Maybe just because of boredom, or it's um, strange to think boredom. They I mean, maybe sightseeing in the north. You know, I suppose it's, it could it's be a whole new. Like but uh, I think it's just more interesting that we're kind of told right off the bat who has left Winterfell and who hasn't, and. We're reviewing it through the eyes of Bran, so, you know, it's basically just a description of the hunt, but us knowing Martin from what Martin is and what happens in this chapter, we know now who is left at Winterfell and who isn't. Um, the king and a majority of his party have gone, along with Ned and a majority of his party. Uh, the queen's funny little brother went with them. You know, all these right. all these people are gone. But so not, it's, uh, it's a it, not the queen herself. Not, not the queen's twin. The queen's twin. So in. yeah. So it's this but, very skeleton. Yeah, he crew. also mentions left behind were um, himself, Bran, yep. Rickon, yes, John, baby. and Ghost, John and Ghost, the girls, also yes. And so then he comments that. Uh, he hasn't seen John anywhere. Him and Ghost took yeah, off. Yeah, John and his wolf are nowhere to be found. And uh, not that he looked too hard, because he thinks John's mad at him. Yeah. He, he, come to think of it, he thinks that John's mad at everybody. John's just angsty at everybody. So that's just... And yeah, Bran has like, no idea why. Um, so do you think that that means that John is still just pouting? He It hasn't been told to him yet that he's going to the wall? Or do you think he's... Well, Bran goes on to say that you know, John should be happy because John is going to join oh, right, the Night's right, right. Watch. Oh, right, right, you're right, you're um, right. So that sort of adds to Bran's confusion. He's not really sure. So, no, I, I think this is... Just angsty John. I think it's just kind of angsty John, yeah. Um, you know, the king's party is So, yeah, there. I think a he's, lot of it has to do with him being shunned. Yeah, being, he's right getting now he's shunned cast a aside lot. Because of the royal party being yeah. there, he can't He couldn't go on the hunt out. with he Rob and He couldn't eat at the dinner table know. with them. Like, yeah, it was fun the first night, but now that they've had a feast every night, the king's there... He's stuck at the end of the table and, every and night. In the Arya chapter, we got his thoughts on Joffrey. He thinks Joffrey's a little shit, so he doesn't really want to have much to do with him anyway. So, yeah, I think he's just kind of being angsty John and just kind of avoiding people and taking his wolf. And I mean, kind of, I, I would also assume he's doing what Bran's doing in this chapter, which is kind of taking his last sights of Winterfell and, you know, checking stuff out before he actually does head north and right, joins right. the Night's Watch. Yeah, and um, I mean, because and then Bran's going on about how excited he is to be going south, and like, yeah, he's pumped. So like, he's gonna be. What do they say that he's staying in the 
the castle the Dragon Lords built. Yeah. Which was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, and he's also pumped because his father is going to let him ride his own horse, not a pony. Um, so that's kind of an upgrade for Bran. Right, um, right. And yeah, he's just heard countless stories of King's Landing and all the different buildings that were built there by these magnificent people in the stories. So he's pumped to see King's Landing. Um, this is also when we get the mention of knights, and knights are a big, big, big part, yes, yes. not only of the whole series right, cause, overall. And so it's but... funny because he does, uh, yeah, he, he mentions here that he was going to be safe because he was surrounded by the king's knights yeah. and all his sworn swords. Which, I mean... was the, It's very funny, you know, obviously. Well, I mean, since... and that's what's so interesting about knights in this story is there's very few who actually do represent what we would think of when we think of a knight, and most right, of them right. are skeevy. And so he goes on to say that he wants to be a knight of the king's I, it, it's, not it's what even, he Not even that he wants... Bran was going to be a knight himself someday, it said. One of the king's guard. Um, also, as we know, Jamie Lannister is a king's guard, which is just funny and that that's, Bran again, aspires to be... And again, that's why when he be, was saying that he was going to be safe... Surrounded by the king and his sworn swords, the king's guard. Yeah, it, and, for that to turn and around. Bran and, himself aspires to be one of these. And Old Nan says that they're the finest swords in all the realm. So the king's guard has this reputation of being great knights, great swordsmen. Um, Bran looks up to them himself. He wants to be one. He idolizes them. And then Bran kind of goes into it. There's seven king's guards in white armor. They take no wives. They father no children, and they live only to serve the king. Which I think is a direct contrast between the Night's Watch. So, uh, I also think it's funny how, uh, and it's going to be easier to go more into depth when we start the next book, but how quickly it loses its claim to what everything is that Old Nan said. It's no longer, in the future, it no longer holds the the finest swordsmen around. Um, It's not about, not that it doesn't gets booted off. Fight me, and he gets no. I'm, and that's what I'm saying is after Selmy's. Well, I mean, off, I think like, that uh, that again, that's another comparison. It could be to the Night's Watch, where they they both aren't what they were, they once were. The true, Night's Watch true. used to be honorable to join, and you know, you were you were doing the realm of service, and now it's sort of where criminals go. And the King's Guard is full of criminals, yet they're still right. sort of idolized, and, and then start serving and the, the, you know, as the King's Guard, and that's that's all they can do. You know, they 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 father no wives, same as the Night's Watch. They can you know, uh, or they father no wives. They they take no wives. They father no children, just like in the Night's Watch. They serve for one goal to serve the king, same as the Night's Watch serves so one serve goal the, for, serves the, the, the wall. Well, I think that's just an interesting. Uh, I mean, we even have the black and white right, comparison right. there, but in contrast, whereas yeah. the Night's Watch is built up of criminals and detestable men, they're almost more honorable, honorable at this point in, the... in what they're doing right. when we know what is actually happening at the wall. Than so then, uh, any of the kings. Did you are. catch uh, what Rob said over to to Bran about Jamie in the King's Guard? How he he doesn't really count anymore since he stabbed the king's the yeah, um, king in the back. Bran kind of is going over. He he says their names were like music to him. Yes. And he kind of recites Sir. Uh, there's Sir Win uh, the, of the Mirror Seer, Shield. Sir Ryan Redwine. I Pr- didn't write these down because Pr- I knew you would. Prince Aemon the Dragon Knight. The twins, Sir Eric and Sir Arik, um, which led to a dance with dragons. Actually, yes, I, I as soon as I saw them in this chapter. Uh, uh, Fire and Blood Part One goes heavily into Eric and Eric, and it's it's great. So I actually know their story now, um, and the fact that they supposedly 
slayed one another at the end of each other's blade. There was uh, the White Bold, Gerald Hightower, Sir Arthur Day in the Sword of the Morning, and of course, yes. Barristan the Bold. Barristan the Badass. Um, and then, yeah, Bran says, only two Kingsguard came north with the king, and Bran had watched them with fascination, but he never dared to speak with them because he idolizes them so much. Uh, and this was Sir Boros and Sir Mandan, or Sir Marin, and then that's when... Uh, he, he says his quote right, about Jamie right. Lannister. Sir Jamie Lannister looked more like the knights in the stories, and he was of the Kingsguard too. But Rob said he had killed the old mad king and shouldn't count anymore. And so Bran doesn't add him to that count. He says only There's two Kingsguard two. Yeah. came up. But Jamie is still in the Kingsguard. Um, that's what's that's what's the fun, the whole fun of it. Yes. Um, so yeah, Ned, uh, Ned promises Bran that when they get south, he'll get to meet the Barristan, Barristan Selmy, Selmy and, which, like, which is cool. Bran call, tells, uh, calls him the, the, the greatest living knight, Sir Barristan Selmy, um, which, I mean, Barristan, Undisputed. Barristan the Bold, he's commander of the Kingsguard. Bran is fucking pumped. Um, I'd be pumped. And it was, like, right about this moment, I actually have a little teary face that I drew. Sad eye. Um, this is my third time going through this book series, and it's just hit me now with this read-through how fucking sad this actually is to hear Bran's excitement about being a knight and going to meet the greatest living knight, Sir Sir Barristan, and going south where all these knights thrive and live. So not to mention how sad it is that we're we're getting an idea of how how much that that is to, and how big Selmy is to the Kingsguard and so like it's sad knowing that he's going to be excused when he's built and established such renown. Uh, I mean course. like yeah that's sad but like fuck Selmy for a minute like Whoa. like we're like this kid's childhood is like based on these on Well yeah on he's, no, he's about like, to get his fucking back broken well, that's, like that's, that's what I'm saying is like, like it's and it's by someone that he technically should idolize Jamie Lannister of the Kingsguard but Jamie is such a bad representation of a knight that it, like it's just it didn't hit me before that like that's all Bran really does is he sits here just thinking about how much he wants to be a knight and respects all these other knights and I like it's and I just sweat just snatched right up Bran is done reminiscing about the day and the nights and the people, I think, unless you've got something. No, else no, to yeah, yeah. Here. So uh, and starts. Uh, we kind of get a little. He gives an idea of of Winterfell itself. Starts talking about some of the the people that he's familiar with. He's grown up there. Um, well, I thought it was interesting because it says, you know, he's super pumped to leave, but now on the day before they were supposed to yeah. leave, he feels lost. He doesn't really know what to do. Um, Ned suggests that he should go around and say his goodbyes to people and, you know, see see the sights before we go south. It's going to be a while that we're down south. And and he tried. It said he went to the stables first. And, yeah, he's thinking about old Nan and Mikan, the, the, the blacksmith. And, and Gage and, and uh, Hodor, the stable boy, and Holy all this Holy good stuff. And so, yeah, he went to the stables first, and then he so saw... So, when it, when it mentions uh, Hodor, I like the... It said, the stable boy who smiled so much and took care of his pony and never said anything but Hodor. I really like that took care of his pony thing, just because it kind of... Eventually, he's not going to have a pony to take care of anymore. He's going to have a cripple. <laughs> and so, like... Well, that's actually what kind of shook Bran is he goes to the stables, saw his pony, but then he realizes it's not his anymore. He's getting a horse. He's kind of growing up a little bit. And it said he just wanted to sit down and cry. It kind of hits him at that moment that all these familiar things, the pony that he's ridden and 
gotten used to all all the stuff he's used to. Uh, he's not going to be right. around anymore. So right before he did that, did you see that there was one last person that it mentioned that he was wasn't going to see or meet anymore? It was the man in the glass gardens who gave him a blackberry when he came to visit. Yeah. Any idea who that is? The man in the gardens who gave him a blackberry. I don't fucking know. Winterfell's a big place. I don't, but like. You would think he would know the name of this person. Mm, I really don't. I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's brand big, but of. like, it's not fucking sprawling city. It's big. pretty big though. They've got a lot of people in and around. Maybe I'm I I wouldn't things. expect him to know the name of every single gardener and you know wet nurse I think that's around. Um, Get your life together, Bran. So yeah, uh, that was it for Bran's farewells. He was done with that shit. Instead. He went to the Godswood and decided to spend the morning trying to teach Summer to fetch. Yes. Well, well, it's not Summer Not yet. Summer yeah. Even in my I, notes, yeah, I was sitting yeah, here and wrote Summer until I was like, oh, notes. this is where he's trying yeah. to figure out a name. Uh, yeah, he's trying to teach his dire wolf uh, how to fetch. Um, yes. It's and not going so well. Yeah, no, but Bran could swear Summer could understand every word, just couldn't care less about actually chasing sticks. Well, yeah, I mean, Summer's smart as shit, like... Who doesn't like chasing a good stick? So then, yeah, we, we find out he's having some troubles thinking of his direwolf. Yeah, Bran's Everybody still else stuck has on one. a name. Yep. Uh, Rob got Grey Wind. Sansa has Lady. Arya after an old witch queen from the songs. Which is pretty funny that he doesn't remember yeah. her name either. Then we got Shaggy Dog and Ghost rounding them out. But Bran had tried a hundred names, but nothing. Yeah, uh, I think it, like I like Brand's commentary. Little Rickon's name, Shaggy Dog, is stupid. That's a stupid, stupid name for a direwolf. Uh, but Ghost, Brand really likes, and he actually wishes he thought of it before John did. Even though his wolf doesn't look, look like, like yeah. a ghost, it's not white. Um, I thought that that was just interesting. That Brand probably would have, if he thought of it, would have tried to name his direwolf Ghost, which just. I mean, it's sort of, you know, if you think about the kids' names being switched, like if we were trying to call Bran Rob, like, it just, it's a weird, yeah, you know, because we know Bran's wolf as Summer. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, nothing's really coming to him. He's he's kind of upset that they all have cool names, except for Rickon. Um, but he gets tired of sticks and the name games and decides, screw it, I'm going to go climb the old Broken Tower one last time yeah. before we peace. So, on his way uh, through the Godswood... He skirts as wide as he can around the weirwood tree. Yeah, the heart tree. Because uh, the heart tree has always frightened him. And so obviously this is this is super... It's fucking delicious. Like, it's delicious fucking irony that... Trees ought not have eyes, Bran thought. Or leaves that look like hands. Like... And yeah, just the Bran... Of all of the children to be saying how they shouldn't have eyes when he's the one who will be the using fact that them. he's frightened of them, yeah, like and and he will essentially become them in, in what we from what we believe and what things seem to be leading towards at the end of Dance with Dragons with Bran anyway, yeah, he's going to be almost a part of these trees. So it's just super interesting that yeah, he's frightened of them. Um, but so, yeah. his wolf comes up to him uh, and he. Commands his wolf to stay, and he begins to climb a sentinel, sentinel another tree. sentinel there tree. It is again, 
And uh, uh, I think it's the same one that was referenced in. Here, yeah, I, I think so too. But it's a yeah, sentinel. Yeah. Uh, Bran's about halfway up the tree when his wolf starts to howl at him. Um, so this is another thing here that really the wolf stops howling when Bran turns and regards it, and then when Bran. Uh, a strange chill goes through him as he meets his wolf's eye, and then as Bran begins climbing, the wolf starts howling again. Uh, clearly, it's a warning. Yeah. Uh, look, yes. Don't don't fucking climb don't up do this, this tower. Don't do this. Um, which is interesting because if we're looking at the dire wolves from the point that they're the old gods, or you know, that's that's sort of what I assume. Um, in, in, in assuming that the three eyed raven is attached to the old gods, wouldn't the wolf want him to go up and sort of lose well unless the you know the wolf i mean i've never really thought of it as like it's not like the three-eyed ravens warging into the wolf trying to warn him or change him it's so the it, wolf is just straight up like concerned about his well-being that's what safety. i think yeah, yeah. It's, i mean it's his he, they have that connection that bond where they they you know he's gonna feel that pain and that that has that connection with Bran. So if Bran, he's just trying to stop him from being harmed. Yeah, I don't think there's anything. And it's just picking up on some shit. There's in that something. Tower. Something's not right. There's not. Yeah. It's not good. So it says the uh, the rooftops of Winterfell were like a second home to Bran. Um, his mother often said he could climb before he could walk. Uh, again, this is just another. We we kind of have gotten it with quite a few of our characters. This is Bran's escape. This is Bran's freedom. He likes to climb. He likes. Being higher, uh, it says he likes the way Winterfell looks spread out beneath him. Um, he would sit and just, which I thought was another interesting yes, line, he would yes. sit and watch for hours. So, yeah, he likes how Winterfell looked and with only the birds overhead, he for hours among the shapeless gargoyles that brooded over the first keep watching it all. Mm-hmm. And like, again, again it's just, just fucking delicious. Of, of all, he that's what he's one day will be doing. He's just watching it all. Yeah. All of it. and From uh, the trees that frighten him, so. From the trees that frighten him. Yeah, it, uh, said, uh, it made him feel like the lord of the castle in a way that Rob would never know. That's another thing, yes, that I was just very... It's his own inheritance of a yes, sort. Yes, exactly. Something that, you know, Rob has no interest in climbing anymore. That's It's a little boy's game to anyone watching Bran, but the meaning, the reasoning behind him climbing is so much deeper. He just likes so, the yeah. escape. So he then likes... he starts talking about how he knows things that they will never know, the the way that these floors are uneven and the they didn't level the secrets of Winterfell, he so, If this doesn't fucking line up with the Bran the Builder theories, then fuck me. Like, he, because he climbs... He knows the architecture better than anybody yeah, else. Yeah, he, he knows. So, that of if all you... people that could rebuild this with the perfect way to have the nooks and the crannies and the escapes and the uneven stuff, yeah, yeah, he's the one who's got had that bird's eye view. Yeah, and like can pull it off. Fuck him. Yeah, Bran. <laughs> Bran's pretty savage right here. You know, like, just he he knows about places Maester Lewin doesn't even know about in the castle, just because of the way. The land is uneven, and some courtyards connect in places you wouldn't expect them to because the land raises or lowers them higher than the other. It's it's super interesting, and it. Uh, Bran continues thinking that his mother was terrified that one day Bran was going to slip and fall to his death. Um, this whole little story is a lot of fun. He I had once promised well. not to climb, and he had managed to keep it for a miserable fortnight 
before he went out his bedroom window, um, he immediately, in a guilty conscience, confessed to it, and yes. Ned sent him to the so Godswood. I, I, I noted this down as Ned's justice. Yeah. <laughs> Ned yeah. sent him to the Godswood to cleanse himself. To, like, he's, cleanse yourself from your sins, boy. Yeah, pretty much. And he, like, gave him a whip and beat him into the ground. <laughs> no, so he posted some guards and said, that, you know, he had to stay there overnight. And, uh, they... Here's that sentinel tree again. <laughs> Found him uh, missing when they checked in the morning. He had fallen asleep at the top of the tallest tree. And then Ned couldn't help but laugh and said basically that if you're going to climb, just don't let your don't mother let catch your you mother doing see. it. Jesus, like, kid. Come on. So Catelyn then tried to get old Nan to scare him with stories. Oh, and this shit too, um, man. That didn't work. Lewin tried to so, build a little clay boy. old Nan tells him a story about a little boy... That was struck by lightning and fell from a tower. Yeah. And then had all of his eyes pecked out by crows. He, I mean, I wouldn't call Jamie's hand coming out like lightning or nothing, but he does kind of have some interactions with crows, too. And yeah, I mean, I mean, he's climbing a lightning-struck tower, Harry Potter, Harry Potter. He's climbing a lightning, like the, he says at the tower. That's that true. Climbing, it was lightning-struck. But yeah, uh, Lewin builds a little clay boy and throws it off the walls to show Bl- Bran what would happen. But Which, Bran thought know, it was more fun Mythbusters than is always cool, man. And, uh, and then Bran tells Maester Lewin in his savage little way that I never fall, so. That was the quote I used on the Twitter the other day for the quote of the day. I'm not made of clay. And besides, I never fall. And uh, then, yeah, even the guards started chasing him. Um, it said Jory <laughs> usually gave him the best chase, but this was a game to Bran, and most people never even saw him. Ne- uh, most people don't. Uh, and it says people never look up. That was yes, another thing like Bran that. liked about climbing. It was almost like being invisible. People just aren't really, you know, checking the rooftops and stuff for this little eight-year-old boy who's running and skipping and Which jumping. meant that he could watch without being watched. Yeah, he could just observe. Big brother. Um, Brand loves everything about the climbing, the physical ache, um, yes. the animals he's meeting, the uh, feel I of the I did like when he, when he climbs barefoot because he, it makes him feel like he has four hands. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's he then goes on to mention that he likes the birds. He likes the crows in the broken tower. Yep. He likes the tiny sparrows that nested in the cracks between stones. And I don't know why, but this one really kind of stood out to me. The ancient owl that slept in the dusty loft above the old armory. Mr. Owl. Just because I feel like I've overlooked those stupid birds. And I look into every fucking thing that Martin puts onto paper. And so, like, if the crows are, you know, there and they have their obvious meanings... Then the tiny sparrows hidden away in the cracks and stuff. I feel like that owl could just... It could mean so much. Like, why is it so ancient? How the fuck's it living so long if it's just an owl? It shouldn't be ancient. The sentinel trees are ancient. It's what makes them so big. Maybe it's the owl from Hyrule. Oh, yeah. on the sign. Yeah. And then the weird music starts to play. I don't know how the music goes right now. It's out of my head. It says, most of all, he liked going to places that no one else could go and seeing the gray sprawl of Winterfell in a way that no one else had seen it. Which, it, I mean, that's what he's going to do. He's going to go places that no one else has been able to and see things in a yeah. way no one else has seen. That right there, I think, pretty much foreshadows Bran's whole adventure, becoming the Three-Eyed Raven, training with Blood Raven, all that good stuff. But He trains with Blood Raven? I don't know, does he? What? I haven't read ahead. 
Uh, but his favorite climb is the old Broken Tower, which we get a little backstory on, was hit by a lightning bolt a long time ago and was right. never rebuilt. Um, there's, you know, rats and shit in there, but... Yep, so, yep. Bran begins climbing, um, and then this little savage is going gargoyle to gargoyle, hand over hand, like, on fucking monkey bars at the yeah, top. Yeah, with that, gym. like, he's like, going crazy. He even, like, gives the best the best options for climbing to the tower, to get to the tower. Yeah, he likes to climb. he's got, like, three different You routes. can either go straight up the side of it, not the greatest way, otherwise you can, you can fucking monkey bar the gargoyles, man, yeah. and just swing and he, away. I mean, this kid's hanging from a tower at this point. Like, this Dangling, ain't... yeah. Yeah, this fucking... ain't no, like, you know, playground at, at the park. This is, like, up in the air. This kid is defying fucking death right now. But... He's crossing, crossing the, the gargoyles. He's, he's at the or the 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 old the new keep. What's it called now? Oh shit! The old broken tower. It's not the broken tower. It's on the way to the broken tower. Um, the first keep. So he was he's swinging from the gargoyles on the first keep when he's crossing some windows and he hears some talking. Yeah. So much so that it startles the shit out of him because this tower is empty. Should always be has empty. Been. Always has been. been there. Um, and yeah, he hears a man and a woman speaking about the hand of the king and some nonsense. Right. They're um, talking about how close the hand is to the the king and they're expressing thoughts on why the man in the room should be the hand and not. Well, I mean, Ed. we can give over the man behind the like. We yeah, know I mean, this it's, is, it's a full spoiler. We know reader, this so, is Jamie and Cersei. Yeah. Um, Cersei's straight up saying. To, uh, to Rob, she was hoping that Robert was going to she, and she says, "I should have pushed him to give the hand of the kingship either to you or to even one of his brothers." And um, it says to Robert, Ranley, and Stannis are one thing, but he'll actually listen to Ned Stark. Yes, she's, I like. She's that, concerned yes. now that Ned Stark actually has a high opinion in the king's in the king's mind, um, and will vocalize. But she's pissed because Cersei was certain Ned was going to refuse him, which is interesting to me. That's the whole reason she was willing to come up here was because she thought Ned was actually going to say no. And but she's now convinced herself that Ned wants to to over or to move into a position of power. To yeah, start overthrowing. Uh, yeah, no, she she thinks Ned has other reasons for going south, and she mentions Lysa in her accusations. Yes, um, yes. And I, uh, this is, this is like when I realize now how fantastic of an author George R. R. Martin is, because what he does here by not really letting us know it's Jamie and Cersei until the very last paragraph, but like, we forget about these implications. Well, no, we just, we just got Lysa's implications in two chapters ago, which are that the queen killed John Aaron. So we automatically are assuming that that's what they are talking about here, is that Jamie and Cersei are concerned that Ned is going to find out they killed John Aaron. But that's not the fucking case. Jamie and Cersei don't know who killed John Aaron. They're concerned about who's going to find out about their son. About if the John bastards. Aaron knew about that Joffrey the, is right. their son. And so to us as readers, we're taking it from Bran's point of view. And so we know they just got this letter from Lysa saying that Cersei killed John Aaron. So that's what we automatically apply to this. Oh, yeah, you know, what is, did he know? Right, what right. does Lysa know? You know, and we're like, oh my God, it's all about John they, Aaron, but they, it's yeah. not at all. It's did John Aaron know about Joffrey being illegitimate or not? And did he tell Lysa, you know, right, that's right. what they're concerned about. But it, the way it's painted, the way it's worded, the way we the way see he lays it, out his chapters it plays and, out yeah. that they're talking about killing John Aaron when they really, really didn't. And it's just brilliant fucking writing. And 
So, because that's also, they start mentioning, you know, well, what if they bring it to the king? Mm-hmm. And she, and he was like, well, what proof? And she was like, he won't need proof. Yeah, and whatever she find, knows. And so it makes you think, oh, well, if he finds out, if somebody even rumors that we killed John Aaron, but again, that's not the it's case. It's son, If yeah. anybody is to say, Joffrey's not yours. Robert's going to Robert's going to lose off. his fucking yeah, mind. Absolutely. And he's going to have their heads on spikes out in front Bran of him. Bran is land. terrified of being seen. He know he, he's not sure what he's hearing. He's, you know, he's seven years old. He yeah, for a seven-year-old, this, this is all flying But he knows he isn't meant to be hearing it. Yeah, They're, and we'll get more of that seven-year-old naivety here in just a few Yeah, I mean, uh, talk turns to, you know, hopefully soon the king will die and Joffrey will come into power. And will Ned be loyal to him then? So what's funny is that it even says there, and uh, it's that weird thing where it says um, the sooner that Joffrey sits the throne, the safer they'll be. And like again, that does in that way. It almost doesn't apply to the the John Aaron. Not murder. at all. That's one and of the. So hits. it's yeah. that right there is the way you can kind of read that when he's on the throne, it won't fucking matter. He's king. Yeah. So that, tough, that, the tough, truth tough is tough what shit. you make like, it, as Cersei says in the show to him. Bran is suddenly very afraid. They're talking about the king dying and someone taking the throne after him, and and Bran's just terrified. Um. So he tries to position himself to get a better look at. Which is mistaken. Uh, so one. again, he fucking da- starts dangling yeah, upside he, he, down. Yeah, he's like, hanging upside down from this this fucking gargoyle, um, and he recognizes the queen. He sees some people naked wrestling. Naked wrestling. Um, yeah, the queen and her twin brother are absolutely doing the nasty. Um, Bran is not sure what he's seeing. It's described very innocently, but um, yeah. Cersei sees him. Her eyes open, and she screams. She just screams, And that makes Bran lose his grip, and he kind of freaks out, and he falls and manages to just barely catch himself. So he's dangling by one hand from this window, and the last thing you ever want to see, Jamie and Cersei poke their heads heads out out the window, yeah. And so he... uh... He recognizes them, and Cersei even says, he saw us. Oh, yeah, he, he that's her first are. thought. And every part of me here is like, oh, Jamie's a good guy. Like, yeah. Because, like, you know, he reaches, take, take my hand before you fall. Like, yeah. come on, get it. Like, and and it's like, so sickening how, like, he offers this kid the hope. Like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to die. Yeah, I'm not gonna Brand, it says Bran is squeezing Jamie's hand so hard he's leaving. Yeah, he leaves gouges. Little, yeah, his, gouges on Jamie's wrist. hand. Um, And then Jamie asks him, how old are you? And Bran says he's seven. Um, and, and then we get the line. Bran kind of relaxes and he lets go. And it's then where, and I, I think that's why he asks the age, Jamie. I think in a sick it's way, to kind of get it's a, to gauge how, and, and how the, fucked up what he's doing. Yeah, exactly. Is what he's doing. How fucked hmm. up is this? Let's see. How, how fucked am I? On now? a scale of this 16, kid is four right. to 18. You're okay. How fucked am I now? You, you live to adulthood. You're it's okay. a seven, but. Then we get the the things I do for love, and out Bran goes. Bye-bye. And then it just ends on somewhere in the distance, a wolf was howling. Crows circled the broken tower, waiting for corn. I, uh, yeah. It's some savage shit. Jamie Lannister, while I love him, he's a savage, savage man in these opening chapters. I agree. Um... So that'd be brand one. So I love that it's so early on that, you know, we got some interactions with uh with Jamie briefly in some previous chapters, but like this is the 
the first one we're really getting a good talking with from him. Yeah. And, like, he's just, he's painted as a fucking cunt, man. Yeah, like, the absolute unnightliest night. Well, like, he's sitting here fucking his sister. Like, and, like, obviously Martin is notorious for the way he writes and the things he does, but, like, we meet this guy fucking his sister, pushing a child out a window. Like... (laughs) How is it that somebody can turn that around to be so fucking likable? Yeah, like, he's wild. just so goddamn... God, I love you, Jamie Lannister. Um, that that plays right into uh, my inductee for the week goes to Sir Jamie Lannister. <laughs> um, and it is for the line, We ought to count ourselves fortunate, the man said. The king might as easily named one of his brothers or even Littlefinger, God's help us. Give me honorable enemies rather than ambitious ones, and I'll sleep more easily by night. So is it... I, I really like how... Fuck, man. I mean... Of, of all the ambitious people to mention... Littlefinger? Littlefinger with, you know, especially when they're... That's not why I'm giving it to him. So, like, I but... just like that, that Martin puts Littlefinger in this same scene where he's convincing us to believe that Cersei and Jamie are... The cause of John Aaron's death, which he did, when really he's the one that was. And it yeah, was no, just I'm said. giving him that because Jamie. I mean, Jamie's smart. You know, Ned Stark is an honorable man, yeah. and he's not going to play the game when he gets down south. No, and he's so easily manipulated. Into Jamie measures up his enemies before you know they ever cross swords, and that I, I just I think that absolutely speaks to brotherhood material. So Jamie Lannister. Gets my inductee for Brand Two, even though he then does the deplorable act of throwing a seven-year-old out of a tower window after doing the nasty with his sister. Word. So I uh, I don't typically like to do this because you know I like to be a little more creative. But my my inductee will be the point of view himself oh, this shit. week, just because yo know, I could barely do the fucking monkey bars as a kid. Yeah, this yeah. guy's swinging like. 500 feet off the ground from gargoyles and shit with parkour, loose parkour. stones. Straight, like, right? Like, parkour. Yeah. Like, fuck. <laughs> I, yeah, so, Bran, you can come hang out. We don't have much in the way of uh, of climbable stuff down here in the caves, yeah, but it's you're in a wheelchair really, these days anyway. Well, so. I, mean, I was going to say it's not really wheelchair accessible. <laughs> but, you know, you, we, I'm sure we can find someone to carry you. You can come. That's yeah, all we're doing right now while we're recording is sitting. So you're good at true. that. You can, you can come record see, an episode record with, us. with us. That'd be cool. I mean, I don't know about cool because I don't know how cool well, it'd be to have him brooding over us the whole time. But yo, Brand's pretty cool. Like, I he's see some shit hanging out north of the wall. Yeah, he is. Alrighty, guys, that's uh, our shitty inductees. And God, I just hate everything I just said for the last like five minutes. So, but. Okay. <laughs> those if are you say our, so. Yeah, those fuck. are our inductees. Um, so, yeah, yours. we've got a ton of cool shit going on, so make sure you guys are listening and writing into us. We've uh, we've gotten a ton of feedback this week. It's been, yeah. it's been fucking wild, guys. So, like, we're going to be switching up our schedule here soon to be pumping out two episodes at a time. Our next episode, next week, we're doing our first... Uh, <laughs> We're going to be doing one of our first combined chapter episodes, so that's going to be Tyrion, T- 
two, one? Tyrion one, one and John two. Yeah. And so they're short enough where we're going to put them both into a single episode. You get to hear me um, scream all chapter about how much I love Tyrion. I love Tyrion. Yeah, love it's going to be good. And we figured, you know, since they're going to be traveling together anyway, it was a good coupling before we head back over the narrow sea to Danny two. They are the best bromance. Yeah, they're they're pretty great. They're they're Look at me they're and tell me what you great. see. So. Uh, hit us up on our socials. Socials. The the Facebook, facebook.com slash brotherhood podcast. Like a speed talker there, man. My Twitter. My Twitter. Oh, okay. At Manners Without. Possessive. His Instagram, at Brotherhood Without. Wow. And the Gmail, as always, without Manners Brotherhood at gmail.com. Um, we've got the Patreon started up, guys. Yeah. So go check that out if you want some cool bonus content. We've got... We'll be putting out some episodes. We're we're still tossing around ideas for that. Stay tuned. We'll probably put up some polls. See what you guys want to have for uh, for bonus episodes. Certain things we may read specifically for those or something. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I'm, Fun I'm stuff. We'll out. figure something out. Uh, you can also find us so, on iTunes, Spotify, anything you listen to music on YouTube. We're also on YouTube, which is pretty crazy as well. There's no video content yet, but you can at least listen to our episodes on there as well. Do can you I say those? Can I finish giving the Patreon? URL? No. Fuck. So Patreon URL is patreon.com slash without manners. Wow, everybody clap for Nate. Fuck. He's so fucking proud of himself. You interrupted me and it was rude. Well, you took forever to announce one fucking thing. We've got like <laughs> 17 lines. But yeah, socials. so I've been getting some episodes up on YouTube. It's going slow, but no, I didn't Listen say that before. Give us it. some. <laughs> what the fuck have you done with it? Um, I thought so. my gorgeous voice. Uh, iTunes reviews, guys. Those are so good for us. Hood them up. Do it. Do it. Do it. Don't talk to them like that. They're my friends. I'm talking to them as I would my friends. Uh, I think that brings us pretty close to the end of another episode, though, guys. So hit us up. Let us know what you're doing within the Game of Thrones world. And uh, fuck you, Zach. You're deplorable. <laughs> We're going to have a hunt. A hunt. And you're going to fall for I'm going to give horse. you too much fucking wine, and I hope you get gored. I hope you get Bobby Beat in the fucking gut by a boar. You, I bet you smell like blackberry jam. <laughs> I think I fucked that up. On an open field, Ned. I'm fucking done with this. We'll see you guys next time. On an open field, Ned. Ned.